0: Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football.
1: Touchdown, Jacksonville! Maurice Jones-Drew! That's a franchise record. 71 career touchdowns.
2: It's Wednesday, November 20th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the
1: Fields Auto Group. And now, the Balenciaga of sports broadcasting, J.P. Shadrick. I'm not sure what that means. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Oser Glad you're along with us today. Here's what's coming up in the program. It is Titans Week, Part 2. The Jags beat the Titans earlier in the season. We'll get to the Jaguars' run defense issues. This is not the week to have run defense issues against the Tennessee Titans. Offensive balance. What will the offense look like this week? Some question marks there after last week's game. We'll pick our players to watch as we always do. Uniform unveiling. Jimmy Luck will unveil what the Jaguars will wear this Sunday in Nashville. Chris Conley in studio with a special guest from the locker room. That's coming up a little bit later in the program. Uh, Titans week is here, John. How are you feeling about it so
2: far? <laughs> well, uh, I suppose that my feelings of concern reflect the feelings of, uh, of the fan base a little bit. You, you know, you aren't stopping the run right now. Uh, when you do it two weeks in a row, you look like you don't have answers. They're saying the same things they did last week in the locker room, which are the right things. But those things don't matter as much as, th- as things you do in the field. So. Uh, they're playing a team. I, I've said several times this week, I, I can't imagine the Titans are spending a whole lot of time game planning because it's pretty obvious what they need to do. They want to run. So I, I, would, I would guess they're having some lunch and you know go out to practice and going home. And I, I mean, a little facetious, but how much do you really have to spend time when you know what you want to do against this team, you know from history what you want to do against this team. When the Titans are good, against the Jaguars, they get outside, they get Derrick Henry outside on the on the defensive backs and the smaller linebackers and they start running and keep running and keep running. You know, I would think that's the game plan until the Jaguars show it doesn't work, and for the last 2 weeks they haven't shown that that doesn't work. Head coach Doug Marrone earlier today discussing
1: what this defense has to do and some of the reasons for the issues the last couple of weeks. I think the one thing you see is that we got guys coming up and, and guys covering us up last week, you know, and we were unable to get off blocks. So yeah, I don't know if it's a matter of athleticism or whatever it may be, but I think it's just a matter of the hey, when, when someone's coming at you, hey, you got to take them on and get off. That's the one thing we're not doing very well. And that's the one thing that we, the common theme has been when we haven't been able to stop the run is we haven't been able to get off blocks or we haven't been in the right spot and uh, a lack of tackling. All right, so uh, Doug Marone said he's going to shake up the practice schedule a little bit today and uh, take away some of the seven-on-seven stuff and work a little more on the defensive things, and uh, that's kind of where they are right now in Week 12. You know, It's not not the best place to be in Week 12.
2: I I thought it was a great quote from Doug because it was insightful in the sense that, hey, sometimes we talk about players uh, getting out of lanes, and it sounds like they're intentionally jumping out of lanes well, sometimes you get blocked out of your lane, and sometimes when you're taking on a block, you don't do a good enough job of taking on the block so that you don't get blocked out of your lane. And that happened a lot last week against uh, Indianapolis. And, well, you know, to bring a cliche from the 70s and 80s out, this is a bring-your-lunch-pail-physical game they're going to play, and they've got to be ready to go take on blocks, stay in lanes, have a complete focused uh, defensive effort, and to do the things that they're coached to do. I've been hearing all week about, you know, Todd Wash, defensive coordinator Todd Wash. you know. Why did he, they adjusted throughout that game the other day, and they continue to make the same mistakes. So um, I guess I, I guess you blame coaching for that. Uh, I, something's got to give, but players need to do their jobs and play better <laughs> against this team. Uh, they've shown at times they can do it, and at times they – Season they haven't, but in in three of the last six games, you get over two hundred yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, as Avery Jones said last week and this week, at some point with run defense, it's about want to, and you have to make up your mind to go out and do it. That you're going to play it and you're going to get this team stopped. If they don't do it this weekend, it's going to be a long. It's going to be one of those Tennessee days where it's dark at three ten in the afternoon and cold, and you're bouncing off Derrick Henry, and it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't play better run defense, there's no way to avoid that. And it's going to be a
1: bad day. He'll be running down the sideline with his hair flapping in the yeah. back of his helmet and yeah, the drawstrings little, going. going. This
2: little midriff thing that he's got <laughs> going every time he runs. Way, that's what would happen. I uh, don't want it, that. Don't need it. And I guess we say with a little bit of a fed-up tone, but it's time for it to stop. It's, it's time for the defense to stop the run, at least to the tune of not giving up 230 because uh, – this defense isn't elite the way it was in 2017. It's never been a great run defense, but it's better than that.
1: Uh, Miles Jack was kind of under the microscope after last mm-hmm. week's game for his performance. Um, I had to leave the locker room early today, John. Uh, did you get a chance to chat with Miles today, or no?
2: I did not. I left um, about a, a five minutes beforehand because I got to do a couple of stories yep. for this show. Uh, I'm curious to what he how his I talk. I'm not sure if he did or not.
1: Right. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying at some yeah.
2: point he will. I'd, I was curious
1: if you had or not. I had not had a chance to, to talk with yeah. you about it yet. I'm curious what his mindset is going into this game after. you know, they, We heard it on the pregame show um, last Sunday, this past Sunday. He comes in and interrupts the, the conversation mm-hmm. with Coleus Campbell and Ashlyn Sullivan saying, hey, we have to win this game. Yep. So they come out and they, they don't come close to winning the football game. Well,
2: and sometimes with Miles this year, it's been a matter of, make, of trying to make up for what's going on around him with uh, rookies, younger players, people who are familiar with the defense a little bit. Um, and as weird as it sounds, sometimes in the NFL, it's not about how much effort you give. It's about the type of effort you give, meaning is is it focused in the right direction? Are you doing the right things? And he's fallen victim to that a couple of times, which is in a run gap scheme, it's common to hear that when it goes bad. It's common to hear, hey, we were trying to do too much, and that's what this is. Uh, but you know, there's six games going in the season. You're four and six. You got to win. You got to be the team that runs the ball well. You got to play better than that. That's that's it. In about a eighty word, three second rundown.
1: And there's not there's not help on the way. I mean, it's the personnel that you have, no. and you, you
2: got to go out and play it. That's that's pretty much the bottom line. That's it. Yeah, and, and it's, yep. it's it's a Marcel Darius is a big loss in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't having his best year with the Jaguars before he got hurt. But he's, he's enough of a run presence. I think the way to describe Daris is this. I don't necessarily think he's going he's gonna to stop every run for one yard. But if you run four plays, running plays, on one of them, he's going to throw a guard back into a running back, break up the play, and cause a one-yard loss. Well, they're not getting that, so now everything sort of feels harder than it is without him. Uh, but he's not coming back through that door. He'd like to. I know he doesn't want to be hurt, but he's out for right now. He's so, out. He's out. can to play um, without him. Let's go to the offensive side. Nick Foles at the podium
1: today, Jaguars quarterback. He made his return to the lineup last week in that game in Indianapolis. And You see his numbers there on your screen, two, two touchdowns, interception, well, the, uh, the question for him today, one of the questions for him was how do you not press as an offense as in, and as a football team but still have that sense of urgency about you?
3: I mean, you always do everything with a sense of urgency. Not pressing means don't freak out. Um, I'll let everyone else freak out. I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to continue to come to work. I'm going to continue to you know, believe in my teammates. Um, you know, I don't come in here and say, ah, it's just going to happen. I mean, We put in a lot of work, and you know, coaches are you know, working hard towards the uh, game plan. We go out there and practice to fine-tune it. Um, it's just one of those things where it's just got to be ingrained in who you are. It's not something where you, you just have to, oh, I'm gonna turn it on and have this sense of urgency. If you all of a sudden have to turn it on, like, did you ever have it is the question. Um, you know, I think the big thing is, you know, we're gonna, I'm gonna continue to be who I am as a person and I'm gonna continue to prepare get these guys ready and you know ultimately we have to get on the field and we have to you know win a game as a team
1: well win a game start with that yeah. and then there's a obvious obviously the stuff after that you have to have some help and all that the big picture but um quarterback talking
2: on a Wednesday and he's got to kind of get things going here at the end of the season yeah and he as expected I think took some twitter flack this week over the things he said after the game and uh the main crux of the criticism was when he said, Hey, the sky is not falling. Uh, We're going to keep this in perspective. And there's a tendency among fans, me, even myself, when I first heard, I was like, man, show some, show some want to give me some, you know, hit a blackboard, you know, do something. But, you know, in fairness to Nick, I don't doubt that he has a sense of urgency. I don't doubt that he very much wants to win every game that it, it kills them inside when they don't. The way he approaches leadership as a quarterback and the way he has had success in the past, the way he has turned his career around, is is to be calm in a situation where there is chaos around him and, and where there's noise around him. Remember, he played in Philly, where uh, I'm sure every incomplete pass he threw when he first got in the lineup, uh, uh, they were tweeting, we got to get this guy out of here, bring him away. Oh, all of that stuff, the noise is loud in Philadelphia. So, He won by keeping an even keel. That's the way he has led in the past. It's the way he leads. So that's his approach. And it's going to get interpreted as uh, either not caring, not having the Minshew fire with the glass. You know, he's not going to be that guy. It does not mean he doesn't care. It does not mean he's not leading. But I, I also understand why fans, when you're four and six and you know the season's on the line, it's difficult to hear the sky is not falling because, you know, what four and six, JP, it, it feels like there's at least maybe like a cloud coming down. You know, it, something's falling. So uh, maybe the message in the way Nick's saying it, not being received or people not liking hearing it that way, I don't think it means that he's not leading or passionate about it. It's just a little bit of a disconnect there. Let's- Probably not a- Probably not something you can avoid at this point.
1: That's right. No, that's where we are. And and moving into late November on into December, one of the big topics on offense this week, the run game, or lack thereof last week, nine rushing attempts to the Jaguars, the lowest amount in a single game in Jaguars history. Um, You know, consider, though, uh, we talked through this a little bit today, John, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they they didn't run the ball a lot in the first half. That's one thing. And then they didn't see the ball until they were down 17-7. Right in the second well, half, and then they ran on three first down plays on that drive for, what, minus one yard combined of those plays, and then by the time they got the ball back again, they're down yeah. three scores.
2: You know, a flip by uh, John Filippo, the office coordinator, has received some criticism, and Marone sort of uh, brought it on him on Monday by saying, hey, look, it, it was my mistake, we should have run more, um, and we should have not given up on it in the second half, and, you know, that's Doug's M.O. to sort of Try to take that. It's going to be one voice, one decision. Blame me. But obviously because they didn't move effectively, I would say this. Probably if they aired, it was more airing right after the touchdown pass for 34 yards of Chark in the first quarter. Yeah. Then they went three drives with 17 yards on their next three series for nothing i not sure what the run breakdown was there. Those were the three series where the game sort of turned, where if you want to go back into play calling, maybe get into that a little bit. a um, second half, you come out to trail on 10-7. The offense never had the ball in the second half trailing 10-7. They had the ball trailing 17-7, 17-7. and as you That's said, right. gave it to Fournette three times for negative two. Defense – as soon as they got the ball back, the defense let him go the length of the field again and now it's 24 twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. when you were sitting here in your little cocoon JP Yeah and, right here and at this table, popping yeah. out your criticism Correct. as you do. <laughs> were you sitting here watching the game going, Man, I wish they'd uh, run it right now.
1: In the second half, no. Down right. three scores, you can't.
2: So really in the second half, I don't know that very many coordinators would have been running, would have been turning the ball and handing the ball to Fournette down 17-7 with the way this run defense was playing. So maybe criticize those, those three drives there, but let's get out of the. Well, they were only down 10-7 They were down double digits with the landslide going on the entire second half. Running more in the second half, I'm not sure would have solved very much. It's still Considering just, you're down by 17. Right,
1: points. but I think everybody was just the, the optics of nine rushing plays. Oh, you know, it's just shocking. Everybody around in this, you know, around this town.
2: And I think Brian Sexton said it on our drive time show. It may have been Monday, and and he made a good point. It's not really a matter of how um, the running in the in the second half. It was more you can't win with nine rushing attempts. So you've got to stop the run better at some point to get more rushing attempts. It's it was an indicative number of how bad the whole game was. I think more than a uh, anything damning of how uh, John De, uh, John DeFilippo called the game. Maybe on three series, made a mistake, and I get into Fournette. Overall, there's no way he went into that game thinking he was going to try to run it nine times. The circumstance of the game dictated a lot of that.
1: Leonard Fournette had eight of those carries, but he also had seven catches yeah. in the
2: game. You've got to run him more. Uh Early on, I thought it was a little odd that he didn't get more carries, but they also had a quarterback coming in who you wanted to get established. Mm-hmm. I think in their mind, uh, Flip hasn't talked yet this week, it's entirely possible there was an approach of, hey, you know, all season we've been talking about how if we can get guys out of the box, we can open up, we can open up some holes for Leonard. So let's have Nick come in, throw, be effective to the sidelines, get some guys out of the box, and then run it down their throat in the second half. You know, that Had it played out that way would have seemed like a good game plan. Sure, but they could but stop the run on the on. other side. Yeah. So I think um, probably the best laid plans of mice and men probably went awry when you weren't able to run the ball. And then all of a sudden, whatever game plan you had, you, know, you have a game plan going in. And then as soon as you're down 24-7 in, in the second half – you're taking that game plan and throwing it out. So they had to throw it out by the time they got around to probably when they really wanted to run for that. One more
1: big picture look, the Jags at 4-6, and six, last place, six games left to go in the season. I chatted with veteran corner A.J. Boyer in the locker room today. Breaking down the season so far and his frustration. We started with something. We had something planned going into the season and the personnel never matched out. Then you lose more people through the personnel. Then you're not being consistent when it comes to offense doing a great job. But then we don't do a good job in the back end or in the run game. And we're just not all playing complimentary ball on a consistent level. And I think that's what really makes everything frustrated because us as humans, we always want to be consistent when you can't do that messes everything up. There you have it. That's what the conversation we just had, complimentary football, right? Yeah. If you can't stop the run, you don't have enough opportunities on the other side, and that's a good perspective there from a guy who's been in the league and in this division for a long time. Uh, plenty to get to on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. We'll come back and pick our players to watch for this week. A little later, we'll uh, have uh, the uniform unveiling. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager, joins us in studio. and Chris Conley joins us with a special guest from the locker room. Join the Jags and our friends at the Mackenzie Noel Wilson Foundation for the 10th annual Mackenzie's Run. It's November 23rd here at TIAA Bankfield. Participants finish inside the stadium, and they'll appear on the world's largest video boards. It benefits the Boys and Girls Clubs of Northeast Florida. Visit McKenzie'sRun.org to register. This Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Yeah, right.
3: Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle.
1: Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
5: You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide.
1: Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick with John Osier. Jags Titans coming up Sunday in Music City, USA. Nashville, Tennessee at Nissan Stadium, a place the Jags have not won since 2013. And they've dropped nine of the last 11 trips to Nashville.
2: Feels like longer than 2013. We can, delve, no, uh, no, we can go break no, they won I just. I was there. I don't remember. Uh, it was the Will Blackman oh, yeah, right. fumble yeah, 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 return yeah. game thing. It was a like close game. 26-24 Yeah, like that.
1: it was a close one. And uh, if we go through the, the history here of the games in Nashville over the last few years, yeah, that was the last one. It was 30. Uh, let's see here. Looking at it now, it was, gosh, it's been a while. 29 27 was the it, final score. And then they won in Nashville in 2010, a 17 6 final.
2: Yeah, I've only. I- I've covered this team probably 10, 11 times at that stadium. And I think I've only seen them win the one game, the uh, Will Blackman game. Yeah. No, that's it. And that's that's uh, the only one. Yeah. Uh, you back
1: have the, in the 90s. Yeah. You have the history there on your screen of what has happened since, boy, uh, well, in the last 11 meetings. In, or last 11 trips to Nashville.
2: Yeah. Tough and, to win and, on the road, obviously. But. Well, and yeah, there's a formula to beat this team. It's the same formula the Jaguars need right now every week. If they can get ahead – and get them to where they don't feel like they can run and start rushing the and the Jaguars start rushing the passer. Then they showed it in Week Three they can get to this. I mean they can get to the quarterback against this team. Uh, but I'm tired of sounding like a broken record in, in the sense that you got to get ahead and get you know until you stop the run, you're not going to be able to rush the passer. So I have no doubt that if they have a ten point lead. That they're going to close the door on teams because they can really rush the passer, to the Jaguars. But until you, I guess, man up and put yourself in a situation to do that, then you can't talk about rush the passer. You got to earn it. I mean, these but, guys love to say that, but well, they got to go do it. Uh,
1: they've said that's what they say too. Yeah. We got to earn the right to go rush the passer, and they haven't done that as of late. Let's uh, get our players to watch this week. This is where we pick players to watch yeah. in the game on Sunday. That's, that's, that's why you, we called it. That's that. why I call it that. Yeah. Isn't that something? We're clever. Uh, would you like to get us started this week?
2: Yeah, I'll go with, uh, you know, I'm kind of obvious. I think I went with Foles last week. I go with Foles again this week. Um, you know, he, I think, he's not overly giving in a press conference situation in terms of real insight into how he thinks he played. He kind of sticks with a little more of a uh, of cliches in the press conference, uh, and that's fine. Quarterback to do that. I think if he, if, if he was really pressed, he was He didn't play very well last week. I thought he threw into some uh, coverage that he'd like to have back, especially in the, the first half. Uh, as the game got away from, that's a tough spot. You are out for eight weeks, then a game gets away from you, and all of a sudden you're out eight weeks and trying to throw your team back into the game uh, with a new environment. Not only out eight weeks, but he's played with these guys 11 plays before you come in there. So that's tough. But got to play better, and uh, – you know, I wrote several times last week, JP, that it was probably an unfair situation he was stepping into. Four and five. Uh everything's on him. But when you're that quarterback who's coming as a franchise guy, that's the expectation. So if he hasn't played better than he did last week, I don't think they're going anywhere. All right. So Nick
1: Foles is your offensive yeah. side. And you uh, you did you didn't choose just one guy on the defensive side this week.
2: Well, the whole defensive front. And because I knew you were going to talk about Miles. Oh, you just, um,
1: ruined, you just ruined the surprise, but okay, thanks. That uh,
2: surprise yeah. You know, that's <laughs> it's not your birthday. It's a show. Um, so, Will, uh, if they don't play better up front in terms of – Clayus didn't play very well last week. Avery Jones had a rough game. Everybody had a rough game up front. But if they can't get off blocks better, not get blocked out of lanes, then it's not going to matter what Miles Jack does – a middle linebacker because he never get the chance. There is a part of what's wrong with Miles where, when the defensive, I mean, when the offensive interior is getting off the defensive line and getting to Miles, he's going to struggle. So, defensive front as much as Miles Jack needs to play well this week. All right, Nick and now Foles, you can have your yeah, Miles it's, Jack moment.
1: It's not a birthday; it's just a show. It's just Surprise! A show. Yeah, I'm picking it. Miles Jack this week. Jaguars linebacker. Um. By all accounts, most accounts didn't play that well last week. And he's the quarterback of the defense. And they haven't stopped the run in a couple of weeks. They've given up 480 rushing yards combined over the last two games with a bye week in between them. So, a uh, big day, big week coming up for Miles, I think, in the, in the grand scheme of things here. Let's see if he can get Huge. things going defensively.
2: Huge. Because you wonder, JP, and we've talked about this a little bit, you know, it, who knows what the future holds who's coaching, who's GM, you know, all that stuff is going to be talked about for six weeks. But Miles Jack, uh, you wonder, is he a prototypical middle linebacker? You know, all the buzz out there, every Ozone email I get is is actually him to the weak side. Um, I think he needs to play better the last six weeks to show that he should stay in the middle. I mean, you know, maybe he's making up for other people on the outside, maybe whatever, but at some point, he has has Pro Bowl talent in him. You think they got to figure out some place to get him on the field where he plays like a Pro Bowl.
1: Because he's here for a while. He's not
2: going anywhere yeah, he, anytime he, soon. He signed a contract, which is not a bad thing right. as long as he plays to his potential. That's right. And he has in some weeks this week. In some weeks this year, he has, and on Sunday he didn't. All right, my uh, offensive player this week, Leonard Fournette. Eight carries a week ago.
1: Seven receptions a week ago. I think I, I think I picked him a bunch of weeks in a row. Why not, right? I mean, that's it's how. Fair. That's what they want to be. And yeah. they weren't that last week because they were kind of forced out of it in the midst of the football game. Does he – is his frustration – you can tell at the end of the game he was frustrated about the way the game went down, and it's fair. Can they get him back – can he get himself back on track? Can they get him back on track – Above the shoulders and ready to go this week. I, I'll we'll hear from him tomorrow and, mm-hmm. and see where his mindset is. I don't have any doubts, at least this year, that he's going to turn it around and and be ready to roll this week. But you know, considering they only ran it nine times as a team last week, I think Leonard, uh get ready, big fella. They're gonna. He, I think he has the third most attempts in the league this year. He, they, they're running
2: him pretty good, and he'll run a lot. Um, and Doug's talked about this several times on conference calls this year. Sometimes when they when he hasn't gotten enough carries, it hasn't been a matter of intent. It's been more, you know, they didn't convert third down that well the other day either. And, and and that hurts because every third down you don't convert is, I guess, on average, probably two more chances that you can't turn around and hand him the ball. So three or four of those not converted, and now you're missing six or seven carries out of him, uh, those things add up. So I I, I think... Doug would probably tell you that was a huge factor in that. As much as the run defense, not converting third down is 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 a big reason why he didn't get the number of carries. It it, it was sort of a perfect storm that is all sort of summed up in that eight carry stat.
1: So there you have it. I've got Miles, Jack, and Leonard Fournette. John has Nick Foles and the defensive front for our players to watch this week for the Jags and the Tennessee Titans. We'll come back in a moment. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager. May or may not be at this concert coming up at Daly's Place. It's Meet and Grease with Danny and Sandy, John Travolta, and Olivia Newton-John, December 15th. Before that, though, coming up in a couple of days, Sarah Bareilles at Daly's Place. And then January 1st, he'll definitely be an all-elite wrestling dynamite on New Year's Day. Tickets at Daly'splace.com It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital
3: Network.
1: Take home a delicious game day win with free delivery from Mellow Mushroom powered by DoorDash. Their signature stone-baked pizzas, sandwiches, and Mellow Munchies are the perfect play to score big with your family and friends. Order online at order.mellowmushroom.com and don't forget to follow on Facebook where the Roar of the Jaguars will make a special delivery to one lucky fan during every
2: away game. Place your order today and get the taste that's deliciously Duval.
1: Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides a creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com.
5: You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be tied.
1: Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, continues JP Shadrick, John Osher, and Head Equipment Manager Jimmy Luck. Hi, Jimmy.
3: You're really excited to see me, it sounds like. That's yeah, awesome. man, we're glad to have you. We're
1: <laughs> always glad to have you. What's right, up, man? I appreciate it. Yeah.
3: Not much, just getting ready to go to Nash Vegas. Here it comes. That's right. It's been a house of horrors
1: for the Jaguars over the last few years.
3: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting up there.
2: And doesn't it seem like you're always packing cold weather gear for Tennessee? Like Lately, yeah, the like, last
3: few years, yeah, it has been. You're yeah. playing
2: in September. You're never like nice nice yeah. It was
3: pretty chilly up there last year. Of course, it was at night. But right.
2: Oh, it'll it'll be chilly up there. this year. Then, know, the,
3: some of the other uniform things we wore up there with the all gold. That's That's right. right. Yeah, Yeah, that didn't go well. I love to go. Yeah, it was a rough one. Thanks for bringing it up, Jimmy. (laughs) Appreciate that. (laughs) We haven't played well up there in the the solid colors lately. All right,
1: we'll see in a moment what uh, what you have in store. Uh, What's the hat today? This is is the the,
3: just the regular road hat. Okay. um, What we normally wear on a normal road game. Uh, Still November. We still got salute to service decals on the helmets. Uh, We'll actually have our home salute to service game. Actually, in December. December so, 1st. Yes. Yeah, against uh, the Bucks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Yep. When you've got guys, like, when it gets to this point in the season and there starts to be, like, three or four transactions a week, does that – is that enough to tax your guys? Does that cause a lot of extra work, or is that so routine that it's not a big deal?
3: No, it's it's not a lot of extra work. It just is is different when you go. The first couple of weeks, we didn't have you know hardly any transactions, right? And then all of a sudden, like the week before London, we get like six new guys. Right. So you get a little oh, oh no, especially going to London. You know you're tight enough already doing that. But then um, no, it just the locker room starts filling up a little bit. Right. You know What's some guys that had an empty part locker. Of
2: new guy is it. So in the name's on, getting them um, fitted, or is it just – or it's so routine there's no tricky part? It,
3: no, it's not really tricky. Gotcha. I mean, as long as they come in Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday, it's not that bad. Now you start showing up on Friday, then it gets you a little – Right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Hopefully this jersey fits.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. Send a guy out in a baggy right.
3: shirt.
1: <laughs> Okay, uh, Jags are heading to Nashville to face mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans this week. Jimmy Luck, what will the Jaguars wear Sunday right. at Nissan Stadium?
2: You're excited about this one, Jim. Yeah, I am.
3: Okay. So, you know how I said a little while ago about wearing the gold? So, we're going to wear Whoa. the gold. No, we're not wearing that. <laughs> I, do- I wouldn't do that to y'all.
2: I was excited.
3: So, we're going to go with the white jerseys. Trey Herndon played at Vandy. Cool. So, and the black pants. White so over black? Obviously, it's what we wore last week. But I'm it's so disappointing
2: you're not going gold.
3: <laughs> but it's different because we've been wearing the mono up there, so it's actually a change up, even though it's the same we wore last week. The mono. Yeah.
2: Okay, got you, you. Okay. Yeah, because we
3: wore all white last year up there, all, right. all gold the year before that. So changing up. That's right.
2: Anything to break the curse. I
3: haven't so. seen that uh, the gold in a while. <laughs> he broke that out on us. <laughs> had to dig that out. Yeah. There's a couple pair floating <laughs> around still. The dust
1: flew when you threw them <laughs> around over here. Wow. There's footage
2: of me in the gold, Jim. There you know is. That, I remember right? that. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, Do we have to remember that? <laughs>
3: it's not a good memory. It's something. It was a good look. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it was something.
2: That felt. I fill out a jersey. Uh, I'm not saying I fill it out well, but I fill it <laughs> out. You filled it out
3: for sure.
1: Uh, white over black for the Jags in Nashville. Four oh five kickoff.
3: And uh, if it's cloudy, it might be dark up there at kickoff.
1: I, I think it, it'll be pretty dark pretty quick <laughs> once the game gets going. Too, that's how it works on those four o'clock kickoffs later in the year. Jimmy, thank you very much. Yep. No um, and make sure you get the the <laughs> gold pants. <laughs> the gold pants. pants, yeah. gold pants when pick you pick up here. yourself, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and equipment manager Jimmy Luck with us. Back in a moment. Uh, Chris Conley joins us. Najee Good scheduled to be his guest. Here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Uh, the Jags have launched a new mobile app and secure digital ticketing. The all new official Jags app features exclusive content, enhanced game day alerts, and much more. Secure digital ticketing this year when you come back to TIAA Bank Field December 1st. No screenshots allowed. Download or update the official Jaguars app on Apple and Android devices. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
5: You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide.
1: Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher. Our thanks to Jimmy Luck, Head Equipment Manager, and uh, coming up shortly whenever meetings are over, Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, and Najee Good, the scheduled guest today, linebacker. And uh, they'll have a big role this week, obviously trying to slow down the running game. We'll hear from Najee. We, we talked to him in the locker room today, and uh, he was really good on, on their mindset, I think, going into this game. and
6: Yeah,
2: he'll be a good guest. He's yep. a veteran. I mean, if people haven't heard from him yet. He's a veteran guy. He, he's seen a lot. Uh, I always enjoy talking to him, and he's always insightful, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Let's take a look at the AFC South standings through Week 11. You know what they are, and they're not good right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Indy leading the way. Houston right there with them. They play Thursday night, tomorrow. Tennessee 5-5, five
2: and five, Jacksonville 4-6. and six. That ain't pretty. Here's an amazing stat. I mean – Amazing thing, JP. If they, you know, and it's obviously in the NFL, all games matter. Uh, we talked going into London about how crucial the stretch was. Yeah. You win your last two, you're alone in first.
1: Uh, the last two games, yeah. The, the, yeah, the London game the last and two, the Indy game. Yep. And now you're alone in mm-hmm.
2: last. That's how it swings. Yeah, and, it, uh, it's amazing. It, it's kind of a, well, I get when people hear that, it's, who cares, they lost, we're last. But that's how um, – that's how, 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 those games, that's how yep. big those, those games were, division yeah. games, back-to-back. and Yeah, but they lost by a cumulative 43, so nobody wants to hear it.
1: I don't even want to hear it. I do. don't want to hear it and from I you anymore. It. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even right. listening to yourself right. anymore. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC playoff picture now through week 11, and uh, the Jaguars are still on the in-the-hunt part <laughs> of the graphic. But there's a lot of guys, a lot of teams ahead of the Jaguars in the, in the hunt graphic as well. Division leaders, of course, New England, they're frustrated at 9-1 and one with their offense. The Ravens are hot. The Chiefs, of course, got a win in Mexico City. Indy at 6-4, that could swing. And then the wild card currently, the Bills and the Texans in the hunt. The Raiders are playing some good ball. Steelers are still alive somehow. The Titans, of course, uh, and then the rest, Browns, Jags, Chargers, and we left out all the other teams that are currently still and, alive technically, but they're not really in it.
2: And it's obvious, you know, if, if they win, you know, two or three games, we'll be talking a lot differently about this team. And I, I, uh, I just really can't stomach talking like that because they've lost two in a row by 43 points. So if they win Sunday, we can, you know, talk about it in the hunt. But as of today... I'm not buying. You're not going. You're not buying what nope. I'm selling. No. Well, I don't even think you're selling. I think it's I'm just putting it on the. It's part of the show that like I put up because we got to wait for Conley to get in here. <laughs> <Is it laughs> so, right? I get it. Now,
1: if there is a, a positive for this Jaguars offense, and there are a few, mm-hmm. the play of DJ Chark continues to, to to be one of those positives for this Jags team. Another big day last week. a Couple of touchdowns. One of those late in the game, but uh, the the play early was was huge. The catch mm-hmm. and the run to get to the touch uh, get the touchdown. And he just continues when, you know, there are other options on that offense to throw to, but he in his second season now, John, has turned into a true threat week after week.
2: Right. And I don't want to talk in terms of the future, in terms of the offseason, but to make a very quick point on this, along these lines, uh, this is not a roster bereft of talent, a roster where you have no chance to build for the future, turn things around. If you think about what's on this roster right now, you have what I think is a very good right tackle coming up. You have who is starting to look like a number one receiver in shark. You have a pass rusher that looks like you can build around. I don't think Miles Jack is a lost cause. Well, even in the first three, you just listed three positions that are very hard to find. And in in the wide receiver and the pass rusher, you listed two positions that this team went a decade and a half trying to find. So there are pieces in place that you don't have to go get. You don't have to draft that again. And I mentioned that when you asked me about DJ Chark because I think that development is very important this year. And he more and more, you forget how big he is until you look at him next to the other wide receivers because he runs so well. And he's very proportioned when you watch him play. He's not, you know, buff. He's not huge. But when you look at him next to the other receivers, he is a big receiver, certainly big enough to be a one, big enough to make plays, big enough as he learns more and more about it to go high point the ball. He uh, He's everything they thought he would be when they had a first-round grade on him and maybe even a little better than that. He's, he's on his way to being really good and a core piece around here.
1: Yeah, long, long receptions this year. I think he has nine 30-plus-yard receptions this year. Making it second most. Making in the that look routine,
2: and it's not. A
1: second most in the league this year. And, of course, you see his numbers on the screen there this year. Eight touchdowns this season, a third in the AFC in receiving yards, and some of that coming with when, when, at least as the season has gone on, they've covered him over the top or whatever. He's
2: so. also still really, really young. For his experience level in the NFL yep. and you, you, you get the idea that as as he gets you know to be twenty four twenty five twenty six that he is going to fill out even more and therefore be harder to defend, he will be able to use his body better he he's a tall guy, but he's still relatively i don 't say skinny because no NFL player is skinny but uh as, as he puts more natural a weight on just from aging, I think he's going to get better and better and better. He he has the look to me of a guy who, in two or three years, uh, we're going to be referring to as a uh, perennial Pro Bowler. I think he's really good. That's good news for the for the Jaguars. Yeah, I haven't had one since Jimmy. It's been
1: a minute. Um, a Rob went perennial Pro Bowler.
2: Perennial, yeah, year after year. You're right. Yeah, yes, who, who, thank you. Yes, and also, I mean, not to knock on A Rob, he was voted in after you know. Correct. This is a guy who people the, who was used, the he, first
1: first. Uh, announcement. Right. He's going to the Pro Bowl type yeah. guy.
2: Yeah, got it. That makes sense. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the issues on the Jaguars' offense, of course, is the tight end position and uh, the turnover they've had at that position this year the injuries early in the season. And that turnover continued this week with the signing of Nick O'Leary off the street and then the signing of Charles Jones off the practice squad. They'll be available this week. You see on your screen what has happened in the tight end room since James O'Shaughnessy's injury, that's it for the tight end yeah. position, and that's something that you have a hole in the middle of the field of your offense when you're trying to throw the ball down the field.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a uh, the tight end isn't everything in the NFL. It's not the only way to work in the middle of the field, but they don't really have a great alternative to it. If if you've got a big receiver or some big receivers who are really adept at getting into the middle of the field, you can make up for not having a quote-unquote tight end. That's not really what their receivers are in terms of what they specialize in. Shark can do it 20, 24 yards downfield, but he's not really a guy that you want going across and making, you don't want him getting blasted That's right, yeah. uh, after eight yards, and Conley can do it, he's got the size, but you also don't want him doing it. Yeah, that's not their thing. Dee's good in the middle of the field, but he's also relatively light, I don't necessarily want DD taking five or six hits a game in the middle of the field. One one or two will do it. So they don't really have an option. Uh, and it looked to me like it hurt them again last week with when you can't work the middle of the field, you're very predictable in what you want to do. When you're predictable in what you want to do, teams have an easier way of taking it away from you. So I, I had said last week I wasn't sure that the return of Foles was going to be the magic bullet for some of the things that had been ailing Minshew, it looked like that played out that way.
1: We're uh, awaiting the arrival of Chris Conley. Jaguars wide receiver joins us every Wednesday on Jaguars Happy Hour. He'll join us when the meetings are done. That could be at any moment. And we're told Najee Good will be his guest today, Jaguars linebacker. Uh, We'll await their arrival here with you here on uh, Jaguars Happy Hour. This uh, Tennessee Titans team, John, let's touch on these guys a little bit. Obviously, Marcus Mariota, has been benched. Mm -hmm. Ryan Tannehill has come in, and Doug Marone said today that he's playing the best football that he's seen Tannehill play in his career, and he he went up against him four times down in Miami. Uh, They're still around. They're hanging around. They have a running game. Obviously, they have some parts on defense, uh, a good defense, good players on defense, and then you have Tannehill coming in and playing at a level to keep this team afloat.
2: Yeah, you get the idea that they are – Maximizing what they're capable of right now, and when I say that, they started off slow, and they've—I think they've won three out of four since Tannehill got in, if if I'm remembering that right. Well, since he came into the lineup, they are ten for ten in the red zone, or, or they're ten for ten in their last ten red zone appearances. Mm-hmm. Well, that's remarkable. You know, that's perfect, JP. Ten out of ten. is no it really so. Thank but you. when you're doing that. That means they are you know, they are playing about as well as they can possibly play right now. So I guess the hope for the Jaguars is if they come off that a little bit, if the Jaguars can stop the run a little bit, force Tannehill to do what he doesn't love to do, if you can get that where they only score half the time in the red zone, then all of a sudden you can pull them back to you and have a chance to beat them a little bit. I, 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 uh, again, it's so hard to talk about this team right now without talking about Derrick Henry because of the running game matchup against the Jaguars. But uh, Tannehill is, is giving them what they needed, and uh, they will not be as easy a team to disrupt as they were in week three when they were relatively easy to disrupt once they got behind. That's right.
1: Yeah, because the Jags did that. They, um, they, um, they shut down for the most part. I think he had like 44 yards in the game, Henry right. did, and a well, touchdown. He got a lead, and, and, then he
2: got and then they did a great job. They swarm tackled him. They did a nice job of taking him out. And then Tennessee always, and I forget who said it in the locker room, maybe Ben Avery today, was talking about how with Tennessee, they believe in the run so much that just stopping them early isn't enough. They are going to, even if they're, after the first quarter, if they're three for 12, they're going to believe that if they keep doing it, they're going to start dominating you. So his point was you've got to continue to take them away. Some teams, you can break their will from running by stopping them on the first few tries. This is not that team. It's an all-day deal. As we've seen, anybody who watches this show watches the Jaguars all the time. They've seen them play Tennessee. They know what Tennessee is. Our weekly co-host on
1: Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, is wide receiver Chris Conley. He's with us again today. Meetings are over. Hello, Chris. Hello. Uh,
0: It's good to be here today once again. you know, it, it's always, it always puts a smile on my face when meetings are over on a Wednesday. Because, you know, Wednesday is just a long day. You got a lot of stuff to go in, uh, long practice and everything like that. And I'm joined by my great friend, Najee
6: Goody, my guy. Hello. I don't have a big <laughs> intro, <but> hello. <laughs> Najee, what's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. It's a little chilly for Jacksonville right now, but, you know, sun is out. So I mean, it is November, you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like cooler out there. A lot of people think that it's cold right now, and I have to tell them this
0: is not cold at all. You know, you have people out there in in tight sweatpants and hoodies, and oh man, it's not cold. It is not cold at all. I
2: need the KC guy coming in. Yeah, I mean, What's listen. The, the KC the guy. guy. I'm a Jag. Look at, look at, the you know, people KC still guy. give
0: me a
1: hard time,
2: <laughs> you know, listen because to the of new where guy. I play.
6: <laughs> I'm guy. from Cleveland, so I feel like summertime. Yeah, you <laughs> can go jump in the ocean right now if you wanted to.
2: I'm curious about something. Yes. Uh, Football 101 thing, and uh, Chris mentioned it, and I'm not sure that every fan realizes the, uh, what an NFL week is. You mentioned the long meetings today. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of what you hear today – Are you hearing for the first time in terms of what you're doing on Sunday? And how important is it to be retaining what you hear, to be on your game in terms of, okay, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You don't want to zone out today. I mean, how important is this day for knowing what's going on on Sunday? Is it critical, or do you sort of know from past weeks –
0: I can, I can speak to it offensively. Right. I think Najee can, can talk about it defensively. But today, there is a lot of information that goes in. Uh, some of it for the first time. Some of it is stuff that you have to pull from, uh, whether it's training camp, Uh, whether it's something that you've run in the past weeks. The things that are new typically during the week are wrinkles uh, that you have, Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, this is the way, this is our philosophy on how we're going to attack this team, this game. And so you learn the wrinkle of what that is and how we're going to play off of that, whether it's with plays that look similar, formations, et cetera. And so you basically are getting your bulk of information for your base game plan on Wednesday, and you're continuing your study uh, a lot of guys either start their film study on that team on Tuesday okay. or they get the bulk of that film study started on Wednesday. So today is, is my big day that I start breaking down you know, the past three games of whatever team it is that we're playing. What is their defensive tendency? Has that defensive tendency changed from the last time that we played them? How are they gonna come out and play us? Are they gonna play zone? Are they gonna play man? If they're gonna play man, are they gonna walk up? Uh, you know, what is what do the guys like to do? Are there any injuries? You know, it's a lot of information that comes in on a Wednesday that you wanna get into your brain and you want to retain it because as the week goes on your plan formulates and solidifies and some plays get cut some plays get added and then by the time you get to saturday it's solidified in you know print
2: now both you guys are veterans you've been playing in the league a long time do you get better at what he's talking about as you get older in the league in terms of just knowing how to prepare
6: yeah definitely you you start to develop a routine and during the preseason you you know you don't know the days forget the times, so you're out there in the heat, and then as the season goes along, you get into a pattern. Um, I think that every year, everybody hits a rookie wall. I don't care how many years you've been playing. It's <laughs> just so, a wall. It's, yeah, just, it's just, just a wall. wall. It's just when you're a rookie, it's called a rookie wall. But for um, defense, it's, it's kind of the same, a little different. Um, you know, you realize that your week doesn't start until Wednesday. Like, I'm calling my dad and my mom and they're like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, hump day. And I'm like, nah, it's not. It's like, hit day. <laughs> so, on Wednesday for the defense, you gotta put your big boy pads on, and you know, Chris and those guys get to catch passes. They get to jazz up their get fingers. To. They get to go out there and put the tape Some on. Some salt here right Every now, Wednesday, man. Thursday, Friday, you get to go out there with, you know, a dream yep. guy like We're Nick, getting- and they get to go catch a quick slant or a fade, and you just look at him while you're over there, just running into Adam or Andrew Norwell. <laughs> so I gotta sit there man, and like, man. you know, you gotta go. Wow. you gotta get used to that. You know, you get used to that repetitive um, nature. And then as the team, the game plan comes along, it's a similar thing. You see where guys are active, see where guys are up or down, and um, games that you definitely play teams in the you know same time in the season. You you um, you see what works, you see what didn't work, and then um, you just fine tune it for Saturday. And then Sunday come around, you try not to think and just go out there and do it.
2: There's some resentment bubble. Yeah, you want to keep yeah. on talking. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. A little bit, you know. Hey, he was you just know, talking about I played against to catch Chris. Quick
4: slant, you get <laughs> and then to I do played this, with Chris. You know, Hey,
0: I'm, you know, I get down there in the box, come down and block box safeties. I'll block defensive ends sometimes, you know, black strong and weak backers. He
1: blocked the bubble. I'm in there, you know, there. You know I week. get in there. <laughs> I get in
0: there, get dirty, you know. Some some practices I don't get a lot of footballs, you know. Hey, it comes and it goes.
1: It's that time of year, guys, with the with the record as it is and the division standings as they are. You know, Nick Foles had a, a quote today where the, there's a, a difference between pressing and playing with urgency. Mm-hmm. Very. How do you guys describe fine that? How, what is that fine line?
6: Well, I've been on Nick on those teams. So, like, we've been on 10 and 6 teams that, like I said before, we went to the playoffs. And like I got told the linebackers, I've been on ten, three 10 and 6 teams. First one, we went to the playoffs. We went to the you know first round. We got knocked out. Second team, we was on. We went to the playoffs. We went far. went to a championship. And then the third one, we went and we still made it. So no matter what goes on now, the simple fact of the matter is whether you look at it statistically or momentum-wise, there is a very open chance. And the one delicate thing about our division right now is no team is – over, you know, six wins. Everybody's six and four, you know, five and five, and we were four and six. Nobody's eight and two, they're not blowing us out the water. We have no real reason to sit back and say, well, let's just see how this thing plays out. We have a full chance to go three and three in our division. And then there's a plethora of things that can happen outside of our division that can easily solidify us into the playoffs. I mean, last year, I went to the playoffs, so I was with the Colts, we played the Texans three times in one season. That might be a similar situation here. We play a team, you know, three times in one season. so. The sense of urgency comes along with understanding that where we are and that, you know, we don't have as many chances to mess up. And, the you know, the sense of panic comes along when guys don't feel like it. And I think that Nick has done an exceptional job doing it because he's been in those situations. You know, Chris has been on playoff teams. So I think that the veteran leadership right now on this team is going to step up and we need to step up in order to carry this thing out the right way.
2: Because, J.P., he's, he's caught, you know, Fans who have heard Nick talk like that this week, uh, sky's not falling. It hasn't really resonated with some fans. It's mm-hmm. it's hey, I want to hear uh, some urgency, but it doesn't sound like y- no panic. You guys feel that way? It, no panic. You guys get what he's saying? I guess is what I'm getting at.
0: Yeah, you no, know, I can I can speak personally. Uh, there is no panic coming from me. I, I've been on teams that have lost a number of games early on in the season. And come to the place where we're at right now and said, hey, if something doesn't change, we're going to be sitting at home. And then ratted off ten, 10 straight wins to end the year and make the playoffs. You know, I've been on a team that's done that. And I will not sit here and say that it's easy. And I will, I will not make, I have no delusions of grandeur. That is not an easy thing to do. But it is possible. And it is a thing if men make up in their minds that they are going to prepare. And not just prepare, that they're going to come in and each day just focus on something to get better at. You know, you can, you can get late into the season and things can become minutiae. But if you really go in and say, hey, this is the thing that I got to get better at, and you painstakingly go forward with that goal of getting better at it and then allow it to, you know, produce on Sundays, it's possible, 100% possible. And I say allow because that's the fine line between pressing and urgency. If you press, then you go out there and you have to make something. You try and you grit and, oh, you got to make something happen. Whereas if you allow something to happen, you prepare and you rely on that preparation and you go out there and you play freely. And you use big words like minutia. We yeah, don't, We right. don't do that on defense. Is that on the uh, thesaurus <laughs> over here? <laughs> wow, <laughs> the you used the word team.
6: earlier. I didn't, I didn't call you out. <laughs> He's I all over you. Man. man. But you gotta keep him up, man. That's the pressing. We press <laughs> each other.
2: We push each other.
6: Defensively
1: this week, the big topic of course is stopping the run. Oh, and yeah. It's been a struggle the last uh, two games out. And it doesn't get much easier this week with Derrick Henry coming up with Tennessee. That's that's the focus of the defense this week, right? It has to be.
6: Yeah, I mean, definitely. We Stopping the run, that's where it starts, and then you let our D-line hunt on third down. But um, the good thing about it is that we've done it before. And not only have we done it before, we've done it against this team. So it's not a big secret as to what we need to do different. You know, we got way, way more talent than we actually need to do what we need to do. We just need to go out and execute. When you play games and you get into seven to ten situations at halftime or three to nine situations at halftime, you know, our offense does what they need to do to go out there and score points. So we need to go out there and play consistently. And for uh, 60 minutes, four quarters, you know, that's something that we need to put together. And that's a, another big reason to add to Chris's point is, like, there's no panic or no anything like that because we can do it, we've done it before. And when all of those parts come together as our offense drives the ball down the field seamlessly and our defense comes up with third down stops and they come up with big plays and turnovers, um, when fans start to see that, then they're gonna be like, oh, you know, all of that pressing and all of that, you know, that extra monotonous, you know, oh, we need to do that urgency. Well, you know, that would actually leave the surface. So. It's something that our defense just wires back in on. Our coaches always said, you know, you know, just do your job. Do your job and go out there and make the plays that you're going to make. And the great thing about it, like I said before, we've done it. We've done it this year. And if the fans want to turn back to the last game, we've done it that last game playing them. So we're going to go out there and do the same thing this Sunday.
1: I like that. And then uh, if that goes well, then obviously that gives the the offense a little more of an opportunity to run the ball and get into a little bit more of a – of um, a routine and move the ball down the field a little bit, get back to a balance type of offense. Yeah, you know,
0: balance is always great. You know, even though I'm a receiver and I want the ball going through there <laughs> all the time, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing for an offense uh, to be passing the ball unproportionately, uh, you know, high compared to your run game. So this week we really want to establish the run, uh, and it would be great for us to be able to do that, create some seams, get 2 7 going, 2 3 going. To be able to affect those safeties, you know, the, the, the Titans have great safeties. Uh, they have a lot of range, uh, and they're guys who play well, their nickels play well. Uh, and if we can get the run game going and have those guys second guess those steps or maybe step up, it really creates some great passing lanes for us and it will really open things up. Whereas some sort of throws that we've made recently have been really tight. You know, if our run game gets going, uh, there'll be more running lanes after the catch. All
1: right, we wrap it up usually each week with questions amongst our uh, co-hosts and our guests. So you guys fire away at each other. Well, he's already be firing away at you already.
0: But. Yeah, I, I'm going to give him an opportunity first. You know, I'm I'm. This
6: questions guy. about anything, yeah, anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, you, you, can just, you can ask me what whatever you, whatever you want. What do have on Chris? Is what we're asking. What do you? Yeah. What do I have on yeah. Chris?
6: I would like to know what pregame meal does Chris eat. Ooh.
0: Oh man, uh, pregame meal, questions. do I eat? I'm actually like really bad at what I eat before games because I feel like my stomach kind of is, is iffy sometimes. And I'm at that weird point. You might have experienced this, you're older, where my metabolism See, is changing a, a little bit. <laughs> that was a shot. And I don't necessarily know how much to eat before games. You know, Chris before, is 6'2". Before I would just eat two a lot of fed. food before a game because I would be out there just continuously running. And now I can't quite do that anymore. So sometimes this year I've actually under-eaten before games and gone out there in warm-ups and realized, oh, I don't have enough fuel and had to come in before the game and crush a bunch of food uh, before we've gone out there. So, yeah, it's, it's a learning process. It's a learning process. It was a shot.
6: It was a shot, right? Yeah, I, I felt was a it. a shot. I felt yeah. it. We might be full of pairs tomorrow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I like that.
6: So uh, Najee. Uh,
0: when are you just going to, you know, retire from football, move to the Bahamas, and start a football academy I don't there? think I'll
6: ever retire. As long as these two legs can move, I'm going to stay right here with Kaufman. Oh,
1: wow.
0: That <laughs> is that right is, is quite
6: side. an <laughs> answer. I'm sure he would love to hear that answer right now. <laughs> That's right. I mean, because once you're out, you're out, right? You're out. Like, I look at my dad. He played. And he still talk crap to me to this day. I'm like, bro. Was he better than you? He ran like a five, a four, huh? My was he dad? better than you? that played offense, so he always got something to so say. So he was better than you. Oh, I do have a good question. Pre-game song.
0: Pre-game song? Ooh, that's good. Uh, I've been listening to this. Uh, Chris is a John Mayer type of guy. I've been. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I do too, like sometimes. some singer, songwriter stuff. But my song this year, my song this year has been Lightwork. Uh by group 116, Reach Records. Uh, if you know who that is, Lightwork has kind of been been my, my theme song this year. That's been my prayer this year.
6: I actually know that song. Do mm-hmm. you? That's kind of a, you know, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. It ain't John Mayer. No, no, <laughs> no what, it's not. But what is? Yeah. It's not. Well, check yeah, it out. Check is. it out. It's
0: a good song.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's get a win this week in Nashville, man. It's been a while For since sure. the Jags have won up there, and uh, got to have it. This week in the division, man. Good luck to you guys. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Chris Chris Conley, Najee, good joining us. Thank you for watching today, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.